Episode 24, Sean and Rock. I was going to come on this evening because we're recording now. It's uh, 9.20 on the East Coast. Um, and we're going to start off. We, we want to pay a tribute to um, anyone in the New York area that grew up listening to WFAN like me and Rock have. Um, Steve Summers, the schmooze, as he's uh, graciously known, retired this week. And he's an original WFAN guy for 20 what was it 30, 34 years, 30 years, 1987 yep, 34 years, 1987 was the first year. There's, there's my math. And if uh, I could, if I was able to do a better Steve Summers impression and I could have found the captain, captain uh, midnight audio, I would have came on here and, and tried to tried to rattle off a Steve Summers monologue for you guys. Oh, and the range is already uh, good afternoon <laughs> to you and how you be Steve Summers here and you there. That's how he would come on every episode. It was uh, he, he's a legend. He, that rock. I mean, we've talked about it off air. He's he's there. There will never be another another schmooze. He, he's a one of a kind. A um, yeah. I mean, you know. Good evening, my friend. Uh, hope all is well. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. It was hard. It was actually. It's funny. It was hard to uh, imagine fan. Without without the schmoozer, it's it brought back a lot of good childhood memories. You know, for me calling into the fan, he was, was one of the fir- first person I ever spoke to. Didn't call the fan very often, but he used to do the midday show with uh, with the sweater Russ Salzberg, and he let you talk. You know, he he didn't pretend to know everything. He wasn't a know it all. He had a niche. He had a way of doing things, and that's why everyone loved him. And I don't know many people who've listened to FAN who don't have a kind word to say about Steve Summers. I mean, he was just an absolute gentleman of the airwaves. Um, I'm not going to say lie to you and say, I've listened to FAN a ton over the last, you know, 10 years. I, I've kind of gotten away from it because they talk too much about football, which I'm not a football fan even. And I'm, you know, other than baseball, they don't really talk about hockey. So, um, it's not really, uh, a go-to spot to listen to anymore, unfortunately. And to hear Evan Roberts talk about the Nets over than, you know, other things <laughs> that people really care about the Nets in New York, their Jersey team, right. as far as I'm concerned, we've established right. that. Um, I, just, I just can't listen to FAN anymore. But every time Steve was on, if I'm up in the morning, you know, doing something early or, or whatnot, uh, I turn him, tune him on and he's, he's just so quick in his little anecdotes and his monologues. And he's just, he's, part of our history he's part of our right. childhood and he's going to be missed 100 percent. and p- part of the cool thing so for you guys who don't know he i mean he had a lot of different shifts but he's most graciously known for the the the, the late night the overnight so in our childhood you know 
we would have the Ranger game or Nick game, but you know, we'll keep this for Rangers. We would have the Ranger game. Then you would have Sal Red Light Messina come on and do the post game show with Howie. And then after that, you know, if, because the Rangers used to be on WFAN for those of you who aren't uh, old enough to remember, you know, the Rangers before 1050 ESPN. Um, it would go right to it would go right to Steve Summers, and Steve Summers is one of the very few guys that was on the air that was a legitimate Ranger fan. He was so, and he never sold out. Sean, he never sold out the way Beningo no. did when he went to middays. Joe mm-hmm. Beningo would talk about the Rangers for hours when he did the overnight. Right. That guy went to middays, and you didn't hear boo about the Rangers. It's like he wasn't not even only, a fan anymore. Not he only sold you, out, hundred percent was sold what you just out. Said. Steve not never only, sold out like the rest of those guys did. Not only did he not talk about it anymore, but when he did, it sounded as if he hadn't watched the Ranger game in 10 years. Like other than naming Kreider and Lundquist, he could barely name any of the guys who were on the team. He could never get anything right. Like even Roberts, who's an Islander fan and a quasi-Islander fan at that, would have to correct them on stuff. So I used to be like, oh, Joe B loves – and Joe B is my favorite personality that's ever been on FAN, to, to be honest. Um but I used to be like, oh, you know, he loves every team the same as I do, especially the Rangers. And then the few times he ever talked about them in the later years, it was like he hadn't watched a Ranger game in years. Yeah, but, he um, sold out. Yeah, he sold out but, to do the midday shows because the jerk off Mark Turnoff, who used to run uh, FAN, was uh, not a hockey fan. He came out and said it no, blatantly. No, he um, hated. He hated, he hated hockey. I couldn't wait for that guy to go. I'm not much better now, but um, he was a jerk off then. He's a jerk off now. Um, but this is about Steve Summers, who is uh, yes. an absolute legend in our life. So we just yes. wanted to it pay would, some tribute to him. It would turn into Ranger an all fan. night. It would turn into an all night post game show, essentially for, for for Ranger fans. We would have the game. We would have the actual post game show. And then Steve Summers taking calls on the range. It was the only time you ever got like callers calling about the Rangers, and they got time. And it would they be got, a line well, of them. You know, overnights you always got time because you know they don't have the commercial breaks that right. and the, all the other stuff that they have during the midday that they need to fill time with. You ever call into them? Uh, I did. I did speak. I spoke to Steve actually probably the most of everyone. Yeah. Um, I spoke to him. I spoke to Richard Near a couple of times. Uh, I spoke to um, Adam the Bull, I believe, I when he was the there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did he go to Cincinnati or Cleveland? Yeah, he's in Cleveland. Time? He's in Cleveland. Um, I liked him. Yeah, a bunch of guys. I, ne- I never talked to Mike and the dog because they never wanted to talk about hockey. It was No. I, I did call in there once, and they left me on hold for like two hours. I got um, in one time. I've only called into FAN one time in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Adam Shine. He and was, it was okay. To talk. Yeah, it was one he – I mean, he was FAN at night. You know, it was a fill-in. And yeah. It had to be in May because it was during the hockey playoffs. Uh, remember the uh, the Michael Pekka hit? Was it Darcy Tucker who hit yeah. Michael Pekka? Yeah, yeah. In the Toronto series with the Islanders? Yeah. I just remember calling up just saying – talking about how it wasn't being discussed nearly as much as if that had happened to Eric Lindros, who was on the Rangers at the time. Well, listen. I mean, let's that be fair. That was the gist of my call. <laughs> I mean, let's be. Let's just be fair about this. Yeah. I mean, the Devils and the Islanders—they don't have, even even have beat writers anymore. I mean, for the most part. I mean, Molly Walker is is sharing time with you know when she's not covering the Rangers because Larry Brooks is pretty much on his way out. I can, from what I can tell. Yeah. He doesn't write nearly way. as much as he used to. Um, and uh, 
you know, it, it, it's a, it's a shame. I mean, you know, hockey is such a, a niche sport to a lot of people, but the diehards are the diehards. And, you know, I, I just think that if, if people talked about it more, it just makes me laugh because, you know, I, I remember, and this is not to get on nothing in tangent, but I remember when the Rangers acquired Eric Lindros. Yep. They talked about it all day. Even Mike and Chris talked about it. I mean, now play, players come in. They don't even do press conferences, and we, we've talked about this. Right. And I don't know if that's I, – I think it's the Garden's fault. You know, I mean, now – and especially now that the Rangers aren't on FAN, there's less of a reason for them to talk about them. Correct. At least Michael K and Don, you know, Don is Donnie Pucks. He'll, he'll talk about the Rangers. I don't always agree with him, and I think sometimes – I mean, I listened to his post game. I drove, I drove into the game when I went to the Florida game, and my buddy and I were driving home, and he got a lot of stuff wrong. And, I'm, and I turned to my buddy Brian, and I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't know this. Doesn't know that the, the, the Panthers um, record. He said that their record was wrong. He said like two or three things that were wrong. I'm like, dude, this guy's supposed to be a hockey guy. Did he he doesn't the know game that night. He called the game. They no. Um, wait, he didn't call the game. Um, it was Dave he Maloney and Kenny <laughs> Albert, and he was. But he did the post game. Let's always so, remember listen. when it comes to Donnie Pucks. And I, I, I'm I, a big Donnie Pucks guy. Still a Devils fan. Which he doesn't. He, he doesn't works for the Rangers. He does work for the Rangers. I know. Joe Benigno. Joe Benigno. Joe Benigno. St. Louis Blue. He works for the Rangers. So, listen. Once you, once you, once you regard and such paying, paying your, uh, your salary, that's yeah. when you have to really – your allegiance is no longer there. So, it is what it is. True, true. But, uh, you know, just want to say one final toast to Steve Stommers. He was just a gentleman, and he's going to definitely be missed. I, I I echo that. So the last time we were here, um, Optimistic Sean and Pessimistic Rock uh, <laughs> came up with uh, what we thought we would get over these three games. Sean, he was right. <sighs> she were. Take that W. Six points out of were. six. Six points out of six. These were three games that they needed to win, and you know they, they took care of business. There's nothing to come out of these three games where we're sitting there like, oh, shit, did you see what they did? No. These were three games, and it didn't matter if one of them was overtime or not. They got all six points that they needed, and that's the bottom line. When you look back at the end of the season, all that matters is the points. So six for six, and you move it, on. Um, there were three games that they definitely should have won. Right. And uh, the fact that um, two of them were as close as they were, you know, they're a win. I mean, they should have. Eh, it's funny. You and I talked before the show about uh, about uh, before the game last night about uh, Primo. And uh, it's like I, I always use this reference. The Rangers, the Rangers, when it comes to a goalie or rookie goalie or goalie they've never faced before is like the Yankees facing a pitcher they've never faced before. It's like <laughs> they become Ken Dryden. And that's really what that kid was last night. He had a two and three record coming in. Um, he had a, a, almost a four goals against average. Right. And the Rangers made him look like Jacques Plante. I mean, that's just, it's just the way it always is. There's just certain goaltenders and it's, it's gone on and I can rattle off. I mean, I just think, I just think back to Dustin Tokarski. <laughs> in in the Stanley Cup final, excuse me, the uh, Eastern Conference final. Yeah, he kept he, him in. He it. almost won that series for for Montreal. That yep. that series shouldn't even been close. 
He right. should have blow, blew his doors off. But no, I, I don't know if the Rangers were lack, lackadaisical. I don't know. They weren't definitely not shooting as much. I think they went back to being very cute again. They had 41, 40 shots in the pre, uh, two previous games. And then against Montreal, they had 26 shots, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but they had 20 shots in the first two periods. They had 20 shots with like eight minutes left in the second period. They were firing. I'm I'm sitting right there the whole game. You know, I, I was at the Montreal game. So I'm sitting right there watching this whole thing. The Rangers should have had about five goals. Caden Primo made some saves. Philip Heedle hits a crossbar on a beautiful move where he comes down the right He's side. He's got to finish. Again. They've got too many guys that yeah. just have well, hard, finally just finished, finish. Man. The goat, the goat finally finished one. That was a be- that was a beautiful, nice call. That was a nice really goal. nice one. Hey, listen, he's we'll get to get into this, but yeah, nobody on him. this team has more of an opportunity now than him. This is his chance. This is his sh- because you know trades. I mean, it was just the, the the anniversary of the Ryan Strong trade. Someone posted that. Yeah, so but trades that. don't happen very often in October, November, December. Right, they don't. I mean, it's just the way it is. I don't know if it's the holidays. I don't know if it's just teams posturing. There's too many teams still involved. Most of those times, those are hockey trades. They're it's, they're one for one, or or they're guys holding out stuff like that. It's that. Remember, I keep saying I keep coming back to that twenty game mark. That's that's not my. That's, that's how GMs look at their team. They wait twenty games to evaluate their team. So very rarely do you see a trade made, a hockey trade made before that twenty game mark. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And and like I said, I mean, this is his chance. This is his audition, man. This is it. I mean, yeah. other than Morgan Barron, no pun intended, Hartford from a forward depth is Barron. Right. I mean, <laughs> Greg McKegg, I hope he has frequent flyer miles, man, because up, down, up, down. But you know yeah. what, though? Someone was complaining about that. And I, I didn't, I didn't obviously didn't, didn't respond, but I thought about it. I'm like, He's the type of guy you want to yo-yo back and forth from Hartford. Right. You don't want to do he's it to a not, kid. He's not in their long-term plans. He's not a kid. You know what you're getting. I mean, it's, I just think it's the perfect situation. And then Who was it that asked okay him about when it? he's played. Someone asked – someone interviewed him about it. And he goes, listen, that's – this is life in the – this is life in the pros essentially. You know, he, he knows what he signed up for. It's not, not – it's not shocking him that this is happening. I'm sure he's happy to, to – you know, when he's up. It's a, it's a chance, and when he's back down in the AHL, he knows he needs to play. He's well honing to get his back craft up. and and waiting for the next call up. Right. He's what, I mean, he's going to be on the postseason roster. I mean, it's, it's probably if you know in the you know if I mean at this point, I mean they 91% have ninety one percent chance. This is my only concern, and I'm you know me. I always have to look at the glass half empty. Yes. They've gotten the teams they've beaten, with the exception of Florida. Okay. Or teams they should be have beaten. And Toronto. I mean, but they've got creamed, creamed against two games against Calgary. They, I mean, yeah, they barely beat, and they beat had to two beat them in overtime. Two points, sir. Sean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. To me, this is why Thursday night, to me, is the culmination. Are you, are you a team that's gonna? Are you a good team, or are you just beating up on bad teams? And you know that the Rangers are going in there with their heads high, ready to play. So if, if we see one of these duds where they have fucking five, you know, six shots on goal in the first period, and they get outshot twelve to you know twelve to five, twelve to six, and it's one nothing Toronto after one, you know that that's a that'll be alarming. That'll be the first kind of like where I look at Gallant and be like, 
these are the games that David Quinn could not get the team up to play for. Something, they, you know, something they're going to have to weather the storm the first 10, five, 10 minutes of that game. Oh, of course. You know, Toronto's going to come out guns blazing after what, happened last what time? we yeah. saw the last time. Right. And we had another guy come back off of injury, Jonathan Drew. And so we're out, we're up to uh, three guys, three that guys I count, that I could count right now that have come. Now we're only thir- 16 games in and three guys have come back. Uh, uh, after being out long term to play against the Rangers, so right, Jonathan Drew was the, the the next was out six games, come back to play the Rangers. I'm sorry, she's the fourth guy. It's Austin Matthews. It was uh, Barkov. Uh, I have another guy written down who's now out again. He's out again. Several weeks. Yeah, thanks to Curtis Mayfield of the Islanders. Uh, that seems a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Curtis Mayfield. Is Whatever he his name a is. Bassist. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Is he playing with Parliament Funkadelic this week? <laughs> <laughs> Open it up at the Paramount? Maybe. Maybe. Listen, that's my my philosophy. He ain't important enough for me to know no. his name. <laughs> it's like I said to you about PK. I spelt his name wrong on a chat, on a thing we wrote, a, uh-huh. a text message. Supon. He's not important uh-huh. enough for me to spell his name correctly. <laughs> and that and Kurt and Mayfield, I don't even, whatever his first name is. He's not important for me enough for me to uh, remember his first name. So Rock, Rock He'll be sends Curtis me a text as far as no I'm one, concerned. I, Rock sends me a text going, I fucking hate Supon. And I go, You're right, dude. I fucking hate Jeff Supon also after what he did to us in two, <laughs> after the, the Mets in 2006. Right? I, I can't stand Supan. No. I, I, I swear to you, dude, if someone does not take a run at him next game, you know, I understand and, and a moron George Paros. He is terrible. He's a cyborg. You hear him on NHL now yesterday and oh, I wasn't I'm like, dude, what are you watching? First off, you were a fucking goon. You know they don't know how to play it, the though. sport. He shouldn't even be the, the director. They need somebody who who's, who knows how to play the game and stop bringing in these degenerate goons that don't know how, don't know anything other than know how to fight. Right. He wasn't a good hockey player. To me, he wouldn't know a penalty. I mean, I just I'm so angry with this guy because I watched yeah. that the thing he the, the way he explained it. He was looking this way. He looked up. His skates were wide. He turned his foot into Sammy Blaze skate. Am I the only one that saw that? So I listened a lot to uh, NHL Network today. Oh, Shane O'Brien was another moron who said that it wasn't. It wasn't oh, yeah, no, on uh, purpose. Yeah. Bullshit! It wasn't impo- on purpose. He did it four th- times this year. One of the few guys on that station who is to me is not doesn't have like a ranger bias, like an anti ranger bias. No, is um, Boomer, Boomer Gordon. Boomer Gordon. He's usually he's very very level. I'm sorry. Isn't he an Islander fan too? Yeah, but he's a as a kid. He's a Canadian Islander fan though. Like he's not from here. He's just he grew up during the you know the four cup era and became an Islander fan. But he's not like a. I think there's a big difference of someone who lives in Toronto that's an Islander fan as opposed to someone who lives you know in. In East Meadow, that's an Islander fan. <laughs> Good point. Um, but yeah, no, he goes. He goes. Listen, he goes. I've watched the replay of this at least a hundred times, and I'm looking. I'm looking because I don't like Subban, so I'm looking to see, you know, to, to get angry about this, and and I I don't see it. And the Rangers reacted as if they knew it was an accident. So do you see Supan's face? He looked like he. He looked like he did something wrong. He did. I mean, he just looked guilty. But I got to look I, at the I mean, players. Because when this happened to it. Reeves, look what happened. They chased him around the ice the whole game. Not one person even said anything to him. I don't know. And Too coincidental to me. Too coincidental to me. I don't care. If it, listen, Sean, I don't care if it was an accident or not. 
They yeah, still owed him. They still owed him for the last time. Right. But asking and Reeves it's too to go coincidental. Fight him. I'm sorry. I I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think the guy's dirty. He's done it three other times this season. He has. To me, it's too many, too many times for it to be an accident. Right. But so who's going to fight? It's going to have to be like Kreider, Strom. Like Reeves is not going to fight him. Like Reeves no, said in, fine. in an interview, he goes, he's not going to fight me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take an instant. They need a middleweight. And move they on. need a Sean Avery. Well, or Derek Dorsett. Technically, that's who, who Gujo is supposed to They need a middleweight. No, Barkley Gujo is not a fighter. Barkley Gujo is not a fighter. But he can definitely throw down. He has thrown Oh, no, but I, I just don't think he's – you know, it's so funny. You and I had this discussion. You said you, you know, you told me about, you know, you hoped that Goodrow, you thought Goodrow was going to be more of an, uh, a, more of a physical presence from from a yes. hitting perspective. I thought he was going to hit everything in sight, and he's not. This is just again, again, maybe I'm looking through this through negative colored glasses, but guys come to the ranges with a with a um, a a way of play, right? And then they come here. Then a lot of times they're a free agent. And it's almost like they forget what they did previously. Now they got paid. And I'm not saying that Goodrow did anything like that. I'm, I'm not, I think Goodrow's played well. He's playing way out of his realm right now, but that's another story. Right. I remember Sandy McCarthy. He came here. He was a fighter. He was a goon. And he was a very good, he was a very good um, goon enforcer. Played on the line, I believe, with... Um, Eric Lindros and Theo Fleury, or Mike York. He Mike started York. scoring goals. Yeah, no, yeah, like he had, and he then had he decided goals. he didn't want to play that role anymore. That he wanted to score. That he wanted to score goals. That wasn't what you were brought here for. You were right. brought here to beat down on guys when they weren't doing something wrong. And he for, totally forgot his his whole reason for being here. And he was out of the league in a year. He was gone. Right. What what I'll say for Goudreau. It, and and I'm I'm the first to complain about the fact he's not hitting people. I think because he's playing in a first line role right now with uh, with Zabenajad and Kreider, the last thing he wants to do is take a penalty on offense. Well, he actually did it last night against Savard <laughs> in but, the offensive zone. I think I think he's trying to avoid you know the, the stupidity. And what did he do? He took the stupid. And I'm, it literally happened. Fifteen. Well, as Rick Carbonello would call it a Ben Wapulia. What? Offensive zone penalty, a Pouliot, Benoit Pouliot. Uh, it it was just so stupid. It's it really is just so stupid. With you know that they're gonna that they're gonna call every cross check, and lo and behold, right? The guy's back, clear as day. Can't even argue. There's nothing to argue. You go to the box, but these those are the types of penalties that if he's gonna play in that role, he he has to avoid. So he's got to figure out how can I still play effectively. Without taking the same penalties, because if he takes that, if he takes that exact same penalty playing on a third or fourth line, it's not as big of a deal. It's it's not about it's not about having to kill the two minutes. It's about how did you just take away a, a, an offensive zone shift from your first line? You know, you want Meeker and Kreider in that offensive zone as much as you can get them there, right? So that's right. really where no, it I, I, that that's again. I mean, I hope Gautier succeeds. For for from a plethora of reasons, because the kid has so much talent, but I believe long term he's gone. I just we'll think that no, Sean. Because listen, let's be re- let's be fair. He's um, needs to play in your top three lines. 
they're eventually going to find – they're going to have to put someone else up there with Zabinajet. Goodrow is not – he just he's just not talented enough offensively. He's not. He doesn't create anything. The puck bounces off his stick. I mean, he has the worst set of hands I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot. I mean, I've seen Harry York. I mean, I mean, he's the probably the best example of the worst hands. He makes Harry York, you know, look like uh, Patrick Kane. I mean, his his <laughs> hands are are absolutely brutal. He's strong on the walls. He's he's tenacious. He goes to the net. He's a great penalty killer. He does not have any offensive skills. You cannot have a guy on your top line with zero offensive talent. You, you just can't. It's like having Daryl. It's like playing Daryl Powell up there with 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 those two guys. That's that's why I've been clamoring for you know if if this is the lineup then it makes no sense to have a third liner on the first line and a guy who profiles as a top six player on your third line. What I think they're worried about is that um, I think Goudreau, the one thing he does do that Gauthier doesn't. I think he he gets gets the other two guys some space. He creates space for them a little bit. Right. Where Gauthier's kind of on the periphery. He kind of plays along the, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't go to the net. I'm not saying he doesn't say he don't play, doesn't play hard, but right. uh, he just is a different type of player. Where Lafreniere, I think, is a little bit more tenacious. He'll go in the corners. He'll, he'll do that kind of stuff. But uh, they're going to have to, they're going to have to replace him. Goudreau's going to go back down to the third line. And that means that Gauthier's probably, unless there's an injury, he's probably not playing again. Yeah, but I don't think, think about that it. It's going to be made until it needs to be made. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and, so and Larry got a couple Brooks had months. A, he's going to have no, a couple No, and Larry months. Brooks had a great article. You don't want to rush anything. You don't want to make a stupid trade. He um he brought up Gabe, I was it Gabe Velarde? Got sent down uh-huh. by the Kings. He brought up him about possibly trading him for Kratzoff. I mean, I don't know. I, I listen, I'm I wouldn't. I, I mean, if you're I mean, how what do you think uh Vitaly Kratzoff is thinking right now in Russia? Seeing Sammy Blake, I think he's hurt. happy there. To be honest, you really think you really think he's happy there? He, he's I mean, seeing what seeing what happened, you got to be he's got to be kicking himself in the ass a little bit. Do you th- let me ask you this? So when everyone got hurt, right? Not Blake, but you know when we started playing Parkley Crudrow on the first line, and then Sammy Blake on the first line, and this was before. Kravtsov signed the uh, the deal to go back to the KHL before the, before his agent orchestrated an agreement between Tractor and the Rangers. Do you think he was kicking himself then? Do you think that he that the agent had conversations where he flat out told Jury if he can come straight up to the Rangers he will report, and the Rangers said no if he doesn't go to Hartford he can't come up. Like, uh, do you think those conversations even took place, or was this just straight up? I think I I just think he wanted to be in Russia. Listen, I, I, this is my feeling on this. The Rangers needed to stand their ground. You know, as an organization, you don't want to seem weak, I think. And this is my own, my own personal opinion. I don't know, have any insight to this. Kratzoff made them look bad. He shoved it up their ass. And you really think the Rangers are going to reward him after that? Regardless of how much they need him right now, and they definitely need him. They, they, I mean, there's nobody down in Hartford, and, and I love Morgan Barron. Don't get me wrong; I think he's going to be, a, he's going to play in this league, and he's going to play in this league probably for ten years. But he doesn't have the offensive talent that Kratzov has. 
He doesn't. I mean, Krasnov is the best player who is not playing on this NHL team right now. Plain and simple. So, I mean, the Rangers did what they needed to do. And there's going to be guys available. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm, I've heard a lot about Phil Kessel. I'm not really sure he has anything left. I mean, we both talked about Tarasenko, but I think maybe, I hate to say it, but St. Louis is playing well and so is he. Right. I'm, I, if I'm them, I'm not trading him now. Yeah, I, I don't see why they would. You missed, you missed a chance. The problem is, and with him, was you didn't know how healthy he was. How could you trade for somebody when you don't know how healthy he is? But now the problem now is, now the price is skyrocketed for him. So I, I don't know really who else. I know you said Radulov. I mean, I, I – I just wanted to touch base on that. So blueshirtbanter.com today, where's our top six right wing coming from and when? My my op- my take on option two, keep an eye on Dallas, Alexander Radulov. Thanks for listening, who guys. This, who wrote this? Utz? Tom Utz? My, my buddy just texts me, uh, oh. I want Radulov, and, sen- and sends me a screenshot from Blue Shirt Banter about that. I go, well, now I know they'll listen. Thanks, guys. Listen, I mean, the <laughs> Russian factor. Two weeks ago. Three weeks ago. No, now, listen, I, 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 as a player, as a, as a, as a player, as a talent, you, you can't question the guy's talent by any stretch. But he is a major head case. Yes. He is yeah, a major I, head case. With, with no, as a pending free agent, you know you're going to get the best of him. Just like Montreal. Is did. he a free agent, though? Yeah. He's a free agent. At the end wow, of the his contract's up already? Dude, man, our lives are flying. I remember when he signed that contract. Yep. He was with Montreal, and I remember when he signed that contract. Well, and think thought- about it. He was with Montreal when we played them in the playoffs. That was the last time he was with Montreal. Was he really? Yeah. That's how long Jesus ago that Christ. was. So when you put wow. that all in perspective, it's like, yeah, remember Radulov in Montreal? That was the last that time we incredible. were in the playoffs. So, so pretty much where uh, we're eight years removed from the cup. Coming up on that? Yeah. From the cup for eight years? It's going to be 20. Yeah, 22. Holy yeah. crap. Isn't, isn't that nuts? That's incredible. You're talking that was almost a decade ago that they went right. to the cup final. It, all right. Tell me that doesn't blow your mind a little bit. No, no, it does. It does. Holy Just like I, I still remember I still remember the, the 10th anniversary of winning the cup. Ironically enough, Listening to Steve Summers talk about it, he had Richter on that night. Um, he had a couple of other people I don't remember, but I he always had Rangers, Ranger people on. Sam Rosen, I'm Sam Rosen a lot. Yeah, I, I remember Richter being on that night, and I'm and I was I obviously don't remember where the fuck I was driving, but like I, it didn't even dawn on me at that point in my life that it had been ten years because I was a thirteen year old kid when we won, and here I was like out of college already, you know, in the ten years later. So it was just two, two totally different parts of my life. Didn't dawn on me that it was a decade. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it really. It, I, I'm I'm actually kind of like a little bit blown away right now because it doesn't just doesn't seem like it was that long ago. No, until you do the math and you realize, wow. <laughs> I mean, but a lot's happened, especially in the last two years. I mean, the last two years has just been a whirlwind with the schedule and you know the pandemic and all that stuff. It's just been it's been crazy. But I don't know, man. I just hope that they're heading in the right direction, and and you know, I guess we'll see. I'm I'm very optimistic with what I'm seeing so far. I, I know I'm more optimistic than you when it comes to things, but I expected that again. Goaltending, special teams, our penalty kill continues to fucking dominate. 
Our power play is good. Igor is great. We're starting to see this. So the Truba and uh, Miller combo. Don't get me wrong. There are stretches. Not even stretches. For the most part, out of a 60-minute game, most of it is really, really good from that pair. And then there's just the the one-offs where Miller jumps when he shouldn't jump. Or Truba pinches in and you know Miller isn't you know isn't getting back the way he should and taking the right position. Like there's there's little plays here and there that can cost you. I mean, you know, they they can have really fucking adverse effects. We had a, gave up a three on one going back the other way. Was it, it was it at Montreal? That they gave up a three on one and he made it, you know, I the devil's the save. The devils, right, right, right. So the Boquist so, took a shot from the from a horrible angle. Yeah, it's three on one. Um, listen, I thought I think Trubas played really well. The guy that I think has his game has really slipped, and you know, I, I'm not going to be as critical as some. As Nemeth has not played well. No, and he got off to a good terrible. start. I thought he got off to a very the problem, good start. He is not an everyday defenseman. I mean, he's a good sixth, seventh guy to move in and out of your lineup. And I'll tell you, I mean, he may be a guy that you they might look to move. Uh, you know, after not, the offseason. They, they were playing him. They I, were going to have some him. kind of money. They were double shifting Truba with him. It's only a matter. The thing is, he's here until one of the, like, when Lindgren, when Lindgren finally made that transition where you could play him on the penalty kill. Right. When they can get either Miller, specifically Miller. I don't know if uh, Nels Lundqvist is ever going to be a penalty kill defenseman. I don't know. I think he's better defensively than D'Angelo. Just don't think he's better. But he's enough. not as good as Fox. I right. think he's in between the two of them. Um, I would actually say Lundqvist and Zach Jones, from a talent perspective, I think they're very equivalent. Yeah, Zach Jones is a lot stronger though. He's also he's a um, he's he, small, he but he's but he's well, he's younger than Lundqvist. He's a year but younger, he's, but, but he's stronger. Nils is he's just he's really he's just not strong enough. And you can't he's put someone. Okay, in. though I don't think he's been poor. No, positionally he's fine, but there's no way on a penalty kill when you're already down a man, where you know that they, the the pe- the power play is going to have someone sitting in front of the net. You need guys that are able to clear that are able to clear that guy. I, I've just seen too many things with Nemeth recently. I mean, the, the, the McDavid thing is what it is. I mean, last night with Josh Anderson, just letting him just mm-hmm. back it in, back it in, back it in, back it in. Well, can you stop? I mean, you're almost in the goal goal crease. Right. Can you stop backing <laughs> in? Well, and they've and, always been guilty of that. I mean, I, I I can name I can probably I mean rattle off defensemen that have done that right. their entire careers with the Rangers. They just keep backing and backing and backing in. Well, but let's see if before the end of the year Schneider's not up here. If that continues, to I think Zach a Jones would probably be closer. It depends on what they what what they what type of role they want to fill. If they if they want someone defensive, they're going to go with Schneider. Well, they also might go with Matthew Robertson because he's a lefty. Listen. We need True. to we need to find somebody who ha- who have on from Hartford to give us their assessment because honestly, you know we can only read so much. When you and I are not right. watching the games, no. we don't know really know what's going on. Um, I would like yeah, to know what's true. going on down there. They're, they're from what I can tell them, they're having a good season. They're playing well down there. But we'll get, um, the, we'll get the Wolfie report. We'll get someone. Yeah, on to have a, I'd like uh, to know what the hell's going on down a there. Month, a monthly uh, Wolfie report. All right, we'll yeah, work, we'll on, work that, on that. We'll get somebody here. Trying to uh, – I was watching uh, on Twitter. Remember Brian Monzo who used to produce the uh, – I saw you message Fran- him. Francesca's show. 
talking about. Uh, he was on that. He also did Sean NHL McCaffrey. Live when um, when Don and EJ did the afternoon show. He produced that. Yes, he did. Oh, I used to uh, watch Baldinger. that. Ringer. Brian Baldinger, I think, was his they name. They used to film it at the um, NHL store. The NHL store. In yeah, yeah. Have you been to the new the new store? I have yet? not been. Have you? I, no, but I heard it's amazing. I just don't like the way they do jerseys. They do jerseys very half-assed. They do it for tourists. Right. I, I, I was very turned off by that. It's they don't they all iron on lettering and yep. you know I mean come on man I mean you're gonna you want to promote the sport you want to make the sport and you do a, a half-ass iron job and I know why they do it and I get why they do it because it takes too long to do the do the sewing and they want the jerseys out the door quick and everything else but ah oh, this I mean the, for, for the diehard fan to go there it's so ghetto yeah. Tell someone to come back in two hours. It doesn't take that long. The letters are. Well, they got to have somebody there, and then depending on how many jerseys they sell, they got to have them ready. But I mean, to tell me you you can't have a dozen. Um, I was gonna say Henrik Lundqvist. You can't have a dozen <laughs> of Tamiya Panarin jerseys that are sewn on for someone to buy. Right, right. You I just mean, make come name on. plates. You just have nameplates sitting. No, in the back. they jack up the freaking price for the tourists, and right. they charge them the same price that you would pay anywhere else. Oh, the letters are, are, are authentic. Yeah, the iron on though. Oh, it drives me crazy. It drives me order. fucking crazy. I never order anything. I bought from one jersey from there. So funny story. Nick Antropov, when he played for the Rangers, <laughs> did 80. a signing at the NHL store. Uh-huh. So I happened to be in the city. Don't ask me why. I wonder if I was working in Manhattan at the time. But I was in the city. I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go through. I actually bought Nick Ant- I met him. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. We're born one day apart. Oh, shit. Same year. One day apart. So we're talking. I said, oh, I'm going to buy an Antropov jersey. I got his autograph. I got a card with his signature on it. And uh, I didn't realize it until I took it home that it was iron on. I was so mad. Oh. I'm like, I would never buy anything from there again. Were you more mad about the the quality of the jersey or well, the, f- the missed uh, penalty shot in uh, Philly? Well, shootout. No, they're thinking of Oli Okunin. Oh, Oli Okunin was the one. It was the same team. It was the same year we got both of those fucks. No. Oli Okunin. Antropov actually played in the playoffs with them against Washington. So it's 2009, Antropov? Um, oh, yeah, look that up. I, I'll, I'll look it up first. But the year Torts got the tossed? I'll look it up. But he, uh, really cool guy. Um, I mixed him up with Okunin. Fuck me. Yeah. You're thinking of Oli Okunin. Well, I, you remember? Do you remember that when that whole trade went down? Which one? Do you remember the whole fiasco that was involved with that trade with Jokinen with or Oli Jokinen and Prost? Oh nine, Antropov played in seven. Uh, um, he scored. He had a pretty good run for them. Eighteen games, seven goals, six assists, thirteen points. Not bad, right? No, that's a that's a good. Uh, uh, he had seven ga- seven playoff games. That's when they lost to, to them in seven to okay. uh, Washington seven. Uh, three points. It's fine. He had forty. Uh, he had sixty-seven points the next year with with uh with Nashville. With uh, excuse me, with um Atlanta. Sixty. That was his career high. The next season, sixty-seven points. Not bad. So what was the? I'm trying to think. Jokic, so Jokic and Prost, we got them All directly right, so, from. Okay. we got them from Calgary or Florida. You got them from. We got them from Calgary. It okay. was Jokic, uh, Ole Jokic and Brandon Prost for Chris Higgins and right. Alish Kodalik. Right. 
Now, this trade, I don't know if everyone, anyone remembers this. If anyone remembers this, message, message us on, um, on our group chat and on Twitter. This trade went on for like three days. Daryl Sutter, I believe, was the GM at that point. Okay. He wanted they were in they he wanted Jokinen to play in a they, the trade was made they were, they had all the all the pieces together. He wanted he needed all the Jokinen he felt to play this next game. <laughs> I forgot who they were playing and if okay. so, like I said if someone remembers this message us because I remember right. this vividly. I just remember the actual acute details. He needed Jokinen to play this one game and then the trade was going to be made right after that. But we knew about the trade like three yeah. days prior. It's vaguely – I'm vaguely remembering that. But it, it was another one of those Sather, you know, Houdinis where he got rid of Chris Higgins and he got rid of that bloated Alish Kodalik contract. He got get rid of three years and $3 million of Alish Kodalik. One thing I'll tell you with Sather, he made a lot of mistakes with free agents and contracts. Very, very few of them that he gets stuck with. Gomez, gone. Redden, Miners, gone. Well, Derek Bougard is unfortunate, but he did get lucky with that. Um, But, I mean, he just was able to bring these guys in, sign them, and then Roosevelt, gone. You know, he did very well with stuff like that. It was incredible how he was able to get out of those bad contracts all the time. Patrick Risbeller, gone. Aaron Boros, gone. (laughs) I just text a uh, big-time Ranger fan in uh, a lot of the Facebook groups who lives in Calgary, uh, Mark Van Montfort. So I just uh, shot him a text real quick, see if he remembers the uh, circumstances around that. Since he's Yeah, I forgot Calgary who they guy. were playing, but Ole Jokinen, I know, was, uh, you know, I guess Brandon Press was the throw in. He actually wanted up being probably the best player for oh, yeah. in those trades. I think Higgins wanted up going to Vancouver the Vancouver. next year. Chris Higgins and then Kodalik, I, I think he went. I think he went to the minors. I don't even think he played. Did you ever that play well Higgins? for them? Did you ever play against him? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, very talented kid. Him and him and Skidari and Thomas Eric. Thomas Eric too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all they were all really good. He was a big boy. <laughs> you could always tell. I played against uh, Colin Campbell's son too, Gregory Campbell. Gregory Campbell. Yeah, it was actually. Who did he play for? Oh God, I, you know what? I don't remember who he played for. But I was in I was in high school at the time. It was right after the Rangers won the cup because it was a high school game, and I played for Kellenberg, mm-hmm. who doesn't have a hockey. Well, they have a hockey team now. They might have a hockey team again now, but they didn't for a while. But uh, I remember Coley Campbell watching our game. He was the head coach of the Rangers. That's so funny. It was I'll tell you it was it was nerve wracking you know, being imagine. out there and <laughs> having the head coach of the Rangers watching you <laughs> when you're a uh, you know uh, you know sophomore in high school. Yeah. So it was uh, it was intimidating. Scouts are there. <laughs> My father's like, oh, Colton Campbell's watching the game. I'm like, oh, he better, he better have a good game. <laughs> oh God, make sure you drop him in that game. You know, just in case they're ever <laughs> yeah, looking for Gary Campbell. Know, they're ever looking for a goon. You never know. I forgot, I, I really wish I got to look up who he played for. It, it'll it'll come to me. That's but uh, yeah, he I was. I remember uh, when we got Higgins. I was so excited about that. You know what, though, Sean? Let me listen. Fox might be the the one. Um, person that breaks that mold where uh, uh local guy you know, well, they come they, home Fatiu was always here you know he's 
from here and yeah. Ryan Mullen. He didn't sign the big contract. Mullen was a trade. You know, it wasn't like uh you know, they don't have his high school. They don't have his high school numbers up here. I was looking for Gregory Campbell's high school team, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but listen, how many for all the for all those guys, how many you know, Chris Higgins comes here, he falls on his face. Right. And I know I'm missing people right now. I'm I'm, I'm blanking right now on guys that come home. Potato. Yeah, I mean, listen, but he, again, he wasn't brought here to be a savior. He was right. brought here as a depth guy. And I think he probably wanted to play for the Rangers, and the Rangers just said, oh, well, listen, this is what I'm giving you, and that's it. Two-way contract, and there you go. My one ask is that Jeremy Bracco never plays here. Huh. I can't stand that. Fight. Have you met him personally? personally? Yes. Oh, you have. So I'll tell you, I'll give a quick uh, Jeremy Bracco story for you guys. So I, I like I know the whole family. Uh, my buddy owns uh, a bar on the Nautical Mile in Freeport, which is the rival bar to Brocco's family's bar, named Brocco's. Um, so, fresh off of winning the Memorial Cup with the Windsor Spitfires, Jeremy Brocco comes and plays on my summer on my summer team. He brings the Memorial Cup with with the like the same way the uh, the NHL has the handler of the Stanley Cup. They have a handler for the Memorial Cup as well. So we're at Iceland. This, this, I'm drinking beer out of the Memorial Cup in the Iceland uh, locker room. So that, was per- that was pretty cool. I thank him for that. But he shows up to this summer league game, drunk off his ass. He berated the referees, berated them. Like, what are you, do- what are you fucks doing here? I got an NA. He, was- he told everybody – out loud, I got an NHL contract probably 10 times during this game. Chirping people. It's like, then what the fuck are you doing here with us? Like, and don't get me wrong, I played a very high level in that, like the summer league. It's all college kids. Um jo- Joseph Duzak, who got signed by the Maple Leafs as well, was an 18-year-old defenseman on that team. Like, you know, pr- pretty crazy some of the guys we had. We had like five guys from uh Mercyhurst College playing on that team, which is a really Obviously, really, really good uh, college for hockey. But, yeah, I mean, one of the guys who normally plays with us is playing on the other team. And he he, go, he says something to Bracco where he basically th- threatened, his, threatened his life and career. And even though my buddy was on the other team, like, I would have had his back if something happened in, in that fight. All of us, like, even his friends were like, he, he has to go home. The guy was, he was such a scumbag. Uh and that's why he's not in the league, probably, because he probably rubs everybody the wrong way and doesn't put in any fucking work. And so even though he's got all that skill and talent, he'll never play. Poor any. attitude. Piece of Poor shit. Poor attitude. Piece of shit. That's what happens. Yeah. What are you going to do? Can't teach that. No. Can't no, teach humility, right? He's the one guy. I would have always loved to get McAvoy here. That would have been something. Listen, he's he, he, he leaving Boston. He's a lifer. Well, that listen. I mean, the thing is now is they're going to need to find diamonds in the rough these next couple of years. But they're going to have to find. They haven't traded some, any first round picks yet. You still have Othman, who's eventually going to come up here probably in two years. He's a player. Schneider's going to be here. Like, Will there's Cooley. still pieces. Yeah, there's still plenty of pieces. No, I know that. I, I know that. But the guys that are here. 
have to be the guys that take them to the next level. Well, they're all signed it's no, There's no Marty San Luis walking through the door in the no. next two years. Well, there could be. You don't know that. I just think they're going to have a hard time. I mean, the one thing with four, in 2014 that they had was they had a lot of flexibility because they didn't have, other than Lundquist, and they had Brad Richards. When Brad Richards' contract, now looking back on it, though it was very long, it was not. And Nash. From a, and they had Nash. Um, you know, they, they had a lot of guys on reasonable deals. You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're going to have to figure that out. But for this season, they, the, the biggest glaring need is they need to find somebody to play on that top line. You know, and I hate to say, the guy, the guy that would probably have been perfect on that line is Zach Hyman. Uh, not yes. Zach. I, I uh, want dude. someone with more more skill. No, I know he's having a great year. Great look, but you need a guy that's going to bang and and crash in the corners. Who is talent? Who has offensive talent? I would like him on Zach, second line. Sam Bennett, Zach Hyman, that type of player. That is the player the Rangers need on on the one on those top two lines. They don't have it. They, want, on their top two lines, do not have is? it. You want to know who the player is that I would love to put, that I think would just be the absolute perfect fit on that first line? And you're going to hate me for this? Well, Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau oh, would no. be the no, perfect. No, no, no. Goudreau and Goudreau? <laughs> John, imagine Sam with that one. Uh, Goudreau to Goudreau. Goudreau. <laughs> Chip over he his own box, John Johnny Goudreau Barkley how many times? They need someone that, that can – that can distribute the puck from the half wall. I see. Listen, I'm not telling you. On that line. I'm not telling you. I don't. I think Goodrow's a nice player. That Calgary team has never gone anywhere. Right, but he doesn't. I'm have not to be blaming the guy. him. He doesn't I have understand to be the guy. that. That's I understand that. I feel. This is just my personal preference. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't not knocking the guy's talent. They need somebody on those top two lines that is more of a gritty corners guy, and they don't have that. So on that first they line, you have that. someone like that? Yes. Because you already have Kreider to, to kind of be that. Kreider's in front of the net. Kreider's going to plant his ass in front of the net. So then who's going to handle the puck? Sabinijad. I want him to score. That's you why want he's someone got four to dig at the puck out of the corner against the point. That's why he's got four goals and not eight goals. I want him scoring. Well, then you need to bring a distributor in. And right. I don't know, man. I, I This team, I don't know. I'm... I, I'd rather Tarasenko. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bring someone in, I think you can do he both. He may not be like you said. St. Louis is playing well, and there there's no reason for them to break up that team in any way, shape, or form. Calgary, we'll see. They're not. They're. I listen. Calgary might roll with it this year. If I'm them, they might. I'll tell you. He's a UFA, of all the teams right? they played this year, and throw Edmonton into the, in there too. That team, if it gets on a good run, they could win the cup. Calgary, and I hate that team. I don't like I don't like Markstrom. I don't, I don't like Matty Makachuk. You know, I like him as a player. I don't like him as a. I think he's a good player, but you hate playing against him, and that's why he's a good player. But you know, there's a lot of guys on that team that you know, Gabranson. I don't know. To me, they need to. Uh, they need to a uh, free agent at the end of the year, and I doubt he's signing in Calgary. So he's probably going to get traded. He's probably gonna he's probably gonna sign long term in Philly, but we might be able Think to. So? That's where he's from. And Philly's a mess. I don't know what kind of money. Listen, I don't know what kind of and money that is going to be Hayes. around next year. What happened? I don't know. There's a lot of teams that are up against the cap, and right. they said that someone was saying that there's like 
15 teams that are up against going to be up against the cap next year too that are already up against it for next year. I could see so it. I don't I don't know where this money's going. You just had how many guys just sign people, you know, long-term deals that start next year, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. when that got signed. I, I, listen, do you do, does anything that this league do, do make sense to you? No. I mean, what the thing I don't understand is there's how many teams in the league that cannot possibly afford to sign guys to offer sheets, but yet you're throwing out this big money. I just, I don't know. I don't get um, it. And I guess we never will. I guess, I guess, we, I guess they know something we don't know. They've got to know something we don't know. That the cap has to be going up, but they're saying it's not. It's not going up next year. That's for sure. Right. They, I mean, from what I read, I'm, I'm, I think when we had Hart on, he kind of, um, you know, cemented what we were talking about. That might not go for two or three years. After this, so I don't know. How would you feel about? And I'm I'm a I hate reunions. I'm very very against bringing guys back to a team once they've left. Matt Zuccarello. It, it never worked. No, I'm no, not at all. Had a good year last year. The Mayor Munchkinland is is fine over there in Minnesota. What? All right, hold on. Give me the team. He's on right now. Oh, once I say the team, you know who it is. Oh no. Who who around the league would make sense would fit perfectly back here again? Buchnevich. <laughs> Twitter just erupted. Twitter just erupted. Um, who around the league? He's on a bad team. He's got two years left at five point two five million left on his contract per year. X Ranger. Yes. On a bad team. Would fit perfectly. Well, let's figure who the bad teams are. Phoenix. Not on Phoenix. Montreal. Not on Montreal. Um, no island. The islands are in last place, but. Shout it out at home, guys. Shout him out. He's an ex-ranger. He's yeah. two years left at $5.25 million, Yep. And he's on a bad team. Yep. God, I'm gonna kick myself when you tell me, right? Yep. I don't know. Personal tell me friend of mine. Personal friend of yours. I don't know who. JT Miller. Wow. I don't know. I'm not interested. No. No. Because of the I JT don't go Miller down. that listen, was here, or the I JT mean, Miller that's that's no. Listen, how here? many reunions have ever worked? Very few. I mean, Messier, Messier coming back was beautiful. It was poetic. But he sucked. Kovalev The sucked. team was bad. It was the goaltending more than anything else. I, I, I'll take it to my grave. Yeah. But um, no, I, no I'm, I'm not going down that road again. I'm not. He's not, you know, fool me once, shame was it, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. He, he, I, what listen, you just I'm, described is the guy that you want on the first line and the guy that I want on the first line. JT Miller is a puck distributor who can go into the corners and get nah, pucks. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not he he's feels, just not. He's just everything not, that, uh, we, that we need there. And he can play, and you know he can play in New York. I think it would be perfect. I don't know if Vancouver will trade him, so I hope that they start to fall out of it. But to me, he would be absolutely perfect. He'd come back as an adult this time because he was a kid when he left here. Not interested. I'm on the JT Miller train. 
I li- and I like JT Miller. I liked him when they back. drafted him. I, I liked him as a player. I don't like that trade. I think they got fleeced. Um, right. So get no. rid of the sour taste. And we need uh, someone who's affordable. What are you right? giving up for him? I give are you, up are you getting Jones. him as a salary dump? I give. Or are you getting him? Are you giving something of value for him? I give up Zach Jones right now for him. I give I'm up crap stuff for him. No, I'm not doing that. The Rangers aren't going to do that either. JT's they're not giving stuff, up man. a young player. For they're gonna get, they're not giving up a young player, and again, this is my opinion. They're not uh-huh. giving up a young player for a journeyman, a guy that's been on three teams he's not already. A journeyman, give him. He's been on three teams. Give him more than that. Stop. He's been on three teams. When you say journeyman about somebody, that indicates that they're that they're that they're not a good player. No, because Paul Coffey played was a journeyman at the end of his career, and he was a great player. That's at the end of his career. Well, how many more years do you think Miller just has? had 72 points in 69 games two years ago. No. no 46 points in 53 games last There's year. There's guys – listen. He's got 18 again, points in 16 g- games this year. There are guys that can he's play in New York and there's guys that can't. He's. I never saw anything from him that I can give you an honest opinion of. I just was not impressed. He never came up big in a big spot other than the Winter Classic against Buffalo. Call I'm, Jim Benning. No, I'm First-round pick. No. Plus Zach Jones. Oh, hell no. Eat 50% of the contract. Now you take care of having him here next year at $2.5 million. You have a first-line guy for $2.5 million. Dude, I'm telling you right now, he will fall on his face if he comes back here. Absolutely Uh, You can take that to the bank. Nope. You can take it to the bank. We have our our first true, true disagreement. (laughs) And this is why we wanted to do this show because – as much as we disagreed on Nash, we we've agreed on way too many things to start this year. No, it's funny. I you know it's so funny. We're gonna, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was like, <laughs> we agree way on too many things. Yeah. No, man. Listen, I, like I said, I I like JT Miller as a player. Um, I liked him when he was here. I don't like going back to the well. It never works. I, I agree with you in it most never works. I'm I'm not 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 that. on a guy. Maybe you want to bring a guy in for the remainder of the season as a rental. Okay, but okay, not so a guy that has one more year? year left. Nah, especially when they're up against the cap, they have a lot of other stuff going on. They, need, a, they need the room. You get them to eat fifty percent. It's two and a half million for next year. Where are you getting a guy that, a that's fan. a point of game player for two and a half million dollars? He's point of game point of game player in the other end of the world. Where I understand Vancouver, Vancouver's, Vancouver's more not of a Vancouver is crazy not city than here. I understand that, but Vancouver is not Toronto and Montreal. It's higher than Montreal. As no, far as, no. As far as fan fanfare, everybody on NHL Network says Vancouver is the Philadelphia of you, of Canada. As far I as the media coverage and the fan coverage, I don't they know. boo everybody. Think of it: they lose, they burn the city down every time. They I win, they burn the city down. They're nuts in Vancouver. I don't know. I'm not a fan. You're not going to sell me on it, dude. Right, I, 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 I love that the fact that you're really pushing it. But that's it. I'm, I'm wearing my just, JT Miller jersey the next game I go to. That's it. Okay. I'm on the the campaign starts now. So when you know blue shirt banter starts, you know, championing, <laughs> you know, to bring JT Miller back. You know, Joe Fortunato starts talking uh, JT Miller talk, and all the other podcasts start bringing up and copying the shit I say. Two weeks later, you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Well, that's it. Was a uh, this is a form of flattery, I guess. Right. Bring him back. <laughs> nope. They need somebody, but they Listen, need someone with more pedigree. Every time that the Mets had a managerial opening, it was bring back Bobby Valentine. I was never about it, and I loved Valentine. The Jets suck. Bring backs, rec- you know, 
all the bring back Rex Ryan talk. I loved Rex Ryan. I don't I don't believe in bringing guys back. I really really don't. Doesn't work. I think I I'm I'm How many guys in the history of the Rangers have they brought back? Uh, Messier I had this conversation probably with, the biggest with one the other day. So Peter Nedved to me was the one Peter was, Nedved was but Peter so Nedved very similar to Miller age-wise when he left the first time he was a kid who was not prepared to play in the playoffs comes back and he was a stud for us for 5 That's years. That's a good example. He was a He's stud. one of my favorite players. Uh he's one of my favorite Rangers of all time. Um no, but listen, I'm that's a great example. I just uh no, he left as an immature kid, came back as an adult, and lit it up. But Nedved and Miller could play know. center or wing, so you get versatility. Nedved was on a bunch of teams too. Nedved JT was Miller on win a faceoff, which no one on this team can do. Nedved, if you remember, was on Vancouver, yep. then St. Louis, then the Rangers. He went to his fourth team before he figured it out, and then he came back to the Rangers. And then he became a journeyman at the end of his career. He bounced around. He was in Arizona. He was everywhere. Philly. Edmonton, Didn't he go to Philly at the end? Philly, Arizona. He bounced all over the place. The Rangers had him. Like I said, the Rangers had him in training camp um, as a tryout a few years back. I remember oh, you telling me that. Probably 15 years back now. Yeah. Now that I remember you telling me that. More than that. <laughs> no, man. I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not into that. I, I think they need somebody uh, They need somebody it's different. 28 years old. So you're going to get age 28 and 29. Guy who's going to play for another contract. I'm sure he's got unfinished business here. He knows what to expect here. Wow, it's perfect. perfect. Yeah, not into it. Perfect. But no, it's a, it's a, it's good that you're thinking guy. out of the box. It's very cool that guy. you're thinking out of the box. I definitely respect that. I'm sure we get we'll get some blowback from this, but that's yeah. important. But no, I'm, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking I'm thinking somebody with a little bit more a uh, little more oomph than him. I'm not feeling it. Oomph as far as physicality. I just think a little bit more, just uh, a win, more of a winner. Somebody that's won more. Someone has more playoff success. Okay, that's um, the one area he definitely lacks. I, I give you that. And you know, just I don't know. I'm not saying he's not tenacious. I don't. Maybe I'm just. I just have a bad taste in my mouth. I, I don't like going down the road just back back to players. I agree. So maybe I agree. that's it. Listen, if he came here and he played well, I would be more than willing to eat, eat crow for it. I'm I'm always I'm always down to say that I was wrong. Um, I, I like I like saying I'm wrong because it means the team's doing well. But um, well, I don't know. Just right. not being so there. we've seen we've been on the the distributing end as far as uh, deadline deals. We've been the we've been the sellers for how many years now? Selling right. off you know top six talent at the deadline. And what do we always get? What do we always get back? A first and a prospect. So that's what it's going to cost Zuccarello. if we're going to try and acquire somebody. It's going to cost our first-round pick, and it's going to cost a prospect. Well, for a player that still has one more year left, it's going and to you want to take more. half the salary. So let's look at the Keith Yandel trade. Right. Keith Yandel cost us John Moore, Duclair, and a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. Am I right? Was there also two? Right, because we got them to eat 50% on, uh, on Yandel. So, and I mean, look at Duclair. He's another guy that's, that's jumped all over the place. Sorry, Duclair's another guy that's been all over the place. Yeah, another Ranger prospect. People don't want to give him a fucking chance. And every time he gets a chance, he scores goals, and then he gets traded. He's in a Wait, perfect Duclair's, spot. Right how now. many teams has Duclair been on? Five. I He's think. been on what? Arizona, Chicago, Us? Columbus, <laughs> Ottawa, Ottawa, and, Florida. and now he's in Florida. Six teams. 
Is it because a lot of teams play for Ottawa and Florida? Like they came to like they used to be like interchangeable. You know, Mike Hoffman. Um, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of somebody else right now. Blanking right now. It's not a correlation I make, but it, it could be. I don't know. Craig Anderson ever played for Florida? No, I think he played for Colorado, didn't he? Can't remember who he played for back in the day. I know he played for. I know. I think he started with Colorado. I think he played for. Florida. Oh, you know, he might have played in Florida. I think he, that's. I think that's. He that might have played in Florida. Now that you mention it. I'm blind. I'm. I usually. I'm usually pretty good with rattling them all. I think Broussard played for Ottawa and uh, Florida. Yeah, anyway, Florida for three years, just before Colorado and then Ottawa. Yeah, I don't know. They just, I, remember, I feel like I a lot of those Craig teams Anderson play together. Being a, a goalie, I would have in fantasy back then. That's why I remember him in Florida. I had Thomas Volkun. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just listen. I, I'm just looking forward to tomorrow night to seeing it's a measuring stick what game. this team has. Yeah, because I think this tomorrow night's uh, tomorrow night's a big game. Because then you got three days off, and then you play another winnable game against Buffalo. Right. But let's be fair. I mean, everyone wants to get all excited about the Rangers' record, and you know, like again, your record's what you know what it says it is, and you know the whole Bill Parcells thing. But they haven't played Boston. They haven't played Tampa. They haven't played the Islanders. I know the Islanders stink, but they always give them a hard time. They haven't played Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh stinks. They haven't played Winnipeg. Right. You know, they haven't played. You know, uh, Vegas, they haven't played. There's a lot of teams. They haven't played San Jose, who's had came off to have a good start. There's a lot of good teams they have not played yet. But I say Boston or yeah. Philly, for that matter. So they've beaten the teams they've needed to beat. So that's the step in the right direction. Because how many times have we seen them get up against good teams and then they play a crap team and it's like, you know, what the hell just happened? I, I hear you. You know, and I think a little bit started to creep into that Montreal game last night where – they thought it was going to be easy. They were going to roll over this team. And, you know, they realized quickly that it wasn't going to be. And they kind of shelled up a little bit. And you now don't you want that, that either. Because it's obviously a different perspective. So you watched it on TV. You didn't right. feel that we dominated the first two periods of that game? I felt we dominated the first period. The second period, I felt like there were times where I just felt like they just couldn't get the puck out of the zone. They got and they were, getting times, in, yeah. they were getting pinned in. They were getting pinned in. They were getting pinned in. Um, they have a, such a hard time, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, there are things I actually see at the game that I don't see when I'm watching home and vice versa. Right. But the anticipation when a defenseman has their, the puck on their forehand, mm-hmm. it's going around the boards. Why is somebody not there? You know, it's going that way. Right. They whip it around the boards. The guy leaps, his sticks were out tr- trying to get it. Nope. Right to the defenseman, right back in. Or across the blue line, or a shot on goal. I mean, that's one of their biggest problems. They have such a hard time getting the puck out of the zone sometimes. I I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know if you've noticed that, but I've noticed this for five years now. And they always the other team always has defense where they knock the puck out of midair. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, how, how often do we see that? It's true. It's incredible. Same observation. Yeah. But meanwhile, like Dan Girardi, who was terrible at keeping the puck in the zone for yes. his life. Yep. I mean, there were just times like the puck would just be there and like you knew it wasn't staying in the zone. I'll tell you, on, on a sidebar, the guy who was the best, I've never seen a guy be able to keep the puck in the zone as good as this guy, Bruce Driver. Yeah. He was incredible. 
at keeping the puck in the zone. You know who was awful I just at couldn't it? believe it. You know who was also really fucking awful at it? McDonough. Terrible. McDonough was so – I cringed every time he had the puck on the blue line. Cringed. Honestly, they all were bad. Stahl wasn't good at it either. No. Stahl wasn't good at keeping the puck on the blue line. You know, obviously, with the short time they had Yandel, he wasn't good keeping nope. it in on the blue line. Um, Dan Boyle, obviously, that's another story. Kevin Klein wasn't bad. He was decent with, mm-hmm. with that. But even he wasn't great. Strawman was decent too at keeping the puck on the zone. But it always, I just like, I just, it just kills me that he has the puck on his forehand. Where are you going? You know it's coming around those boards. Right. Now, I know obviously defensemen know, so they're going to pinch in and all that other good stuff. But I mean, you know the puck's going there, so load up on that on that wing. Anyway, my one rant. thing I want to want to touch base on real quick because he's acknowledged it; he's been called out for it. Panarin end of the game yesterday, final possession of the game yesterday. We get a power play after this disgusting. I wanted to fucking jump on the ice last night and 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 beat the shit out of Gallagher. I'm so sick of that piece of shit. So sick of him. He sucker punches Goudreau, takes the penalty. So we're on a power play. We have the puck in the zone, and we're play- we're playing the the John Wooden equivalent to four corners offense, where we're just throwing the puck around the board side to side, but deep. And then there's Panarin with 20 seconds left. We're killing out the clock with a one goal lead. And Panarin decides to do a dance and make a pass that gets picked off, and it's a three-on-one going back the other way. And, of course, Igor's got to make a save. Why? I mean, how many times is he going to be called out for making east-to-west passes when, when, and not knowing game situations? It just It's not even the isolated incidents. It's how are we supposed to win with you? How are you supposed to lead us to winning? In the playoffs, when these are instincts that you clearly don't fucking show, because regular season game against Montreal, what was the other game he did? It, it would he made an east to west pass at the end of the third period where we blew, uh, Edmonton. He did the same fucking thing, and that's when Gallant called him out for it. Like guys got to know when to stop with the east to west bullshit. The end of the games. You don't want to stunt the guy's creativity. I know, but this goes back to. Me, me personally, they gave him the keys to the to the cat to the kingdom here. Him and Mika. They right. need to bring in somebody who's a strong voice, someone who's respected, to tell these guys to pull these guys aside when they do shit like that, and say, "Bro, can't win like that." I just heard back. Barkley Goodrow's uh, a nice guy. He's right. a good player. He's a winner. He's not the guy that's going to go up to a Temi Panera and say, bro, you can't do that shit. So. I just got heard back from uh, our guy in Calgary, Mark, who says he doesn't remember <laughs> what offhand. He said. Not really offhand. <laughs> oh, he doesn't remember that? <laughs> no. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll put it in the group chat. Because I know for a fact that it was it was a big it was a big to-do back then. In the grand scheme of things, I mean, it was a nothing trade. But you don't see many for us things like that. It was a big deal at the time. And it's like I said, they talked about it for three days. Right. But it was probably, I'm telling you, dude, this is probably 13 years ago, this trade. Which is crazy. It's really crazy. So, but like I said, they, they need to bring in somebody that 
is going to hold guys accountable. There's just there's nobody in that locker room that's going to tell Artemi Panarin, listen, what to nope. do. Right. You know, Jonathan Taves would be a nice guy. I, I mean, I would love to get him here. Ryan Getzlaff would be a great guy. Would love to get him here. I mean, a Russian player. I mean, obviously, Tarasenko has a cup. I mean, he I did, would probably be a nice fit for to with Panarin just because he can say, listen, dude, you can't you can't win a cup and play like that. Right. And he can talk to him in his native tongue and say, listen. And St. Louis played a very similar style to how we right. play. So, I mean, he's – I mean, I, I know I'm beating the Tarasenko horse here, but um, – No, I'm all about it. I'm just, I'm just saying that they need to – I just think they need to bring somebody in that's like, you can't win like that. And that's not Barkley Grujo and Sammy Blay, who were role it. players on a good team. And Blay's gone. They need the guys. Year. Listen, when Saint, don't say, don't think when Brad Richards and Marty San Louis got up in 2014 that say, listen, this is how you win. Plain and simple. You, you can't do these things. Right. That guys are going to listen. It's, they don't it's, have that. They just don't have that. They have nobody sure, on this team that's won. And I'm sure Gallant is is talking to Jury about that. I'm you sure think that so? Uh, I think their relationship is very good. I, I don't know why I get that sense. I think that they are both on the same page. I think Jury is just such a control freak that he brought in someone that that he that he can talk to. Like, I don't think he would have brought in someone other than that. And I think that the way that they – think of it this way. With everything that's gone on with the crap stuff thing, you haven't heard one leak of backstabbing or different messages coming from the front office or the coach. You know, if the coach wanted him here but it was the front office who fucked up, it, there would be leaks. I don't know, dude. You don't hear much out of the Rangers ever anymore. You don't. I mean, you just don't hear – you don't hear the things that you hear from other teams. Well, they haven't had any disconnects here. Well, they had the Recently. D'Angelo and, and Georgiev incident, but I but mean, that was out in the blatant open. Everyone saw it. Yeah, but Quinn was on board with it. <laughs> Quinn didn't like him. I still, yeah, it's, you, it's, you, it's I don't think annoying. Quinn didn't like him. I'll tell you, you know, someone, someone posted something about Georgiev. I, I forgot what it was. Like, <laughs> We should have got rid of him or something with D'Angelo. It was hilarious. I guess I can find uh, it. Well, D'Angelo's playing well. Did you see last night? I just can't night? believe they couldn't get anything for that guy. It just, it just boggles my mind still that this guy is a top five in scoring for defensemen and you couldn't get any, any, anything for him. It's amazing. And did you see uh, who had a nice goal last night? My boy, Brett Howden, beats Brendan Smith down the right side and scores on Antiranta. <laughs> that is um, that is perfect. It's so funny. I, I, I got up this morning and a Nick, our, our buddy Nick Prizzo, I know, you know you know him. I play with him on the scouts. He's a big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. He sent me something in my uh, Instagram of Howden scoring. He goes, I, I got to find the quote exactly what he wrote to me. But he's like, can you believe this? He's kind of And know, it was a nice move. And, and there was a goalie, speed. and there was a goalie in there too, which there was, was even more impressive. And everything. That's a, that's amazing. Hey, listen, I told you there was talent there. There's ta- listen. No one ever said there wasn't talent. The problem is the expectation for that guy went through the roof. And Vegas's two C. Yeah, well, <laughs> him and Chandler Stevenson. It's incredible. It really is incredible. Hey, listen, right. everyone's going to score a nice goal once in a while, right? Yep. I got no complaints. I thought I thought it was nice. 
but yeah, this D'Angelo take you know taking the league over is uh, predicted. We knew we we saw it happen here. We knew it was possible to happen here. Could you imagine having him? It's like it's it's so fucked up that I actually have to say the words. Could you imagine having him and Fox on the same team? <laughs> yeah. And their power. I mean, from what I, all I've heard is I've heard Carolina's power plays unstoppable. Well, look at who's on it. It's in the top. It's in the top five, if I'm correct. I mean, I think, I think only Edmonton's power plays better. I mean, Edmonton's Aho's power plays disgusting. Spechnikov's disgusting. They got Marcus, uh, Martin Natchez. They got uh, Natchez has a great handle. Yeah, it's. It, it, I'm excited to play them. I'm excited to to play, and, and I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad. It's another team we haven't played yet. Yeah, another good but, team we haven't played yet. But I'm glad that when we do go to play, and listen, the scheduling may have worked out nice for us. We've played a lot of road games to start off the season. We got rid of the, we got the West Coast trip out of the way. The, you know the first the the Pacific Northwest right. trip out of the way. We still have the right. West Coast trip later, but when we go to play these teams, it's almost like we've had a full preseason, and then we've had a full, you know new coach. Because yeah, like you saw how bad it was against Washington on opening night. You know with a new coach, they weren't gelled at all. They weren't ready. For, they weren't prepared for that game at all. So when they finally get, right. to, you know, we're going to play Toronto, you know, tomorrow night on riding a high, you know, we're, our record is, you know, we are who our record says we are. So we're a good team going into Toronto tomorrow night to play them. And they should, so, you know, and they should play that way. So I'm looking at their schedule, who they played so far. So they played Washington, Dallas, Montreal, Toronto, Nashville, Ottawa, Calgary, Columbus, Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Florida. Columbus, the Devils, Montreal. So they played Montreal twice. Yep. They played Columbus twice. Right. Of those teams, Calgary, Washington, and Edmonton, which you would say in Florida, are the four best teams they played, right? And Toronto. Five. So and they so and their record is two, two and three against those teams. If you play two, three, and one, excuse me. If you play two, three, and one, this is something I learned a long time ago. And I listen; it's easier for me to always break down how you should play more off baseball than it is off anything else. If you play five hundred against the good teams, and you beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on, you're going to the postseason. You just got to be a five hundred team against the good teams. Because every other good team is most likely going to be around 500 against the good teams. That's why they're good teams. That's why playoff series go seven games because two good teams playing each other. Right. It's going to be a battle. You know, someone's going to come out victorious, but they're not going to come out victorious four. You know, four out of five every time. Yeah. You got to take care of business and beat. Because the problem would be is if yeah, like let's say for instance we we lose tomorrow night, and then you know we play we play the Sabers, then we play the Islanders, Bruins, and Islanders coming up. And we lose all those. Had we also given away points to the Devils, to the Canadians, that's right. where you're a bad team. The fact that we took care of business against all these teams allows us a little breathing room if you know we have one out of the next one, two, three, four, five out of the next five games, four of them are against contenders. Let's look at those for a minute. Sure. Let's look at those next five games. And this is this is over a two week span. So yeah, we're gonna go into you know, two weeks worth of uh, of games here, but just to give us a nice, you know, 
five-game block. You got the Leafs tomorrow night. You got the Sabres on Sunday. You op- you get the first game at uh, the, uh, the the horse stables over there in Belmont <laughs> on uh-huh. Wednesday the 24th. Then you got Thanksgiving. You got the Black Friday game in Boston. Come back Sunday to play the Islanders again. I mean, it's – I wouldn't be shocked if we only win two games out of those five. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I – you know, what's, what's the nice thing part is what they've done is they, they have taken some games to overtime. They have, you know, the Dallas game, they were down 2 nothing. They took that game to overtime. The Edmonton right. game is the one that pisses – actually, the Edmonton and the Vancouver game both pissed me off. Yeah. Because those should, both should have been – those. You, you had two lead, two goal lead going into the third period. Those should both have been wins. Right. Period. They left two points you on know, the they table. Left two, they, left four, they left two points on the table with those games. Right. But anyway, it, it is what it is. It's a young team, you know, we'll chalk it up to that. I don't agree with that we analysis. the Vancouver game in overtime? <laughs> Yeah, good. Good for him. Shout it from the back, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, if he came here, I'd, I would. I'd root for him. That's all I can tell you. I'm not saying I want him, but I'd root for him. I don't hate him. I don't hate him as a player. I just don't. It just never works. So you know. Anyway, um, so you're saying so Toronto, Buffalo, Islanders, Boston Islanders. Right. You ain't beat the Islanders twice. So yeah. you figure you split that. So you say a one and one. Beat them twice in 2019 at the end of the season. Okay. In their building both times. Okay. I would listen, I would love to beat them. Love to beat them at their their, their first range out on the game not at home. The same team, guys. They're not. They're and you're Pollock's hurt, right? Ryan Pollock's no, hurt. I didn't even see Pollock, that. Pollock, what the hell his name yeah. is. He's out uh six four to six weeks or wow. six to eight weeks, something like that. Yeah, I'm crying. Think of it. Couldn't guys, have happen to a better team. Let, let's let's relate this to us for a second. We we go to the Stanley Cup in 2014. We go to the Eastern Conference for Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals in 2015. How did 2016 go? They lost in the first round to Pittsburgh. But how did they the whole season? Blah. Right. Well, they, they were they didn't they were they were they got into a wild card that year, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They but should have been better. They, they should have been better that year. 12, second round in 13, cup in 14, Eastern Conference Finals again in 15. After making deep runs like that, if you the teams when you get there and don't win, the run the run comes to an end. And that's because you play those playoff series and you you it takes a toll physically. Forget mentally. I mean, mentally it takes a huge toll. But physically, it takes a huge toll, especially the way they play. It's a right. lot of playoff games that they've played the last two years. Give them credit for it. But it's not the same team. They're not playing. You had – what's his name come out? To, was it uh, Brock Nelson today? Was talking mm-hmm. talking about the fact that we our brand of hockey, we're not playing it. We need to just stop trying to score goals and get pucks deep and play well, our They'll find it hockey. against the Rangers. Don't worry. Probably. They'll find Probably. it. They'll, they'll find their game that, that day. You could probably take that one to the bank. So, if we can – listen, I'm expecting – I'm not going into tomorrow. Well, listen, no, no. I am expecting a fucking win tomorrow night. But, you know, if they don't win tomorrow night, I'm not going to be shocked and I'm not going to all of a sudden think that the No, I don't think I'll be shocked either if they don't win tomorrow night. I think I think Toronto is going to have, you know, for lack of a better expression, of a hard-on for them for this game anyway. Right. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's a loss. On Sunday, that's the game you have to win. Just like that's I the said, game you, you need to win these last and three you games. And 
I think I, I honestly think if they can go three and two, I would be happy with that. I, I think you can win. You beat you beat Buffalo. You take one of the two against the Islanders, and you beat Boston. Right. I'd be good with that. What does Valaket say? Every five game segment, you want six points. If you get six points so out of every five game segment, you're at ninety eight points for the season, I believe. I, I don't see. I don't see. You know, I don't see that. I don't see that as being an impossible feat. I think that's definitely something they they can do. Well, think about that's two one and two in the five games. But I'll tell you right now, I mean, they're 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 two in, one or two injuries away from being in trouble though up front. Most teams are though. Injuries. No, in, in, well, it depends know. on who the injuries are to. But yeah, right. If it's someone that Morgan Barron can step in for, then it's not the end of the world. If it's Kreider or uh, Panarin or Strom, oh yeah, well, that, those guys. I mean, yeah, I, that I definitely agree with you with. Yeah, right. But we they don't can't have afford a to lose anyone NHL, else on that top six. Like when uh, Neil was it Neilander or who got hurt? Where Andreas uh, Andreas Johnson came up from uh, the Marlies to the Maple Leafs like three three years ago, and he was a stud in the AHL. But it's like they had you know he's someone who could plug right into the top six. We don't have anybody in Hartford, like you said, that can plug into the top six. No. It would be promoted from within and filled in on the back. I don't even know if you have anyone in Hartford that can play in your top nine. I think Barron can if he needed to. Then at the very worst, because I listen, Rooney can. Greg McCann Rooney can. Rooney continues to impress me every fucking game, man. Um, I think game. he's priced. I hate to say this. I, he might be pricing himself out of a – Might be. He might, he might be able to – Have you seen someone, someone with – that you give that skill level to, you, can, you know, because he's a fourth liner. How many times does a defenseman try and stand him up at the blue line and he fights straight through and still gets into the I zone know. with possession? Played well. Played really I mean, well. I'm, I mean, I'm wondering if the Rangers had offered him, if the Rangers over the summer said, listen, we'll give you two years at, you know, 950 I don't if he would have taken that. In, I don't even think there was ever a think so? No. You know, we didn't I see mean, this last year. We well, saw a nice they, player, but Sean, the, what's his name? Uh, Glenn Denning from Vancouver, uh, from uh, from what was he on uh, Detroit? He got a uh-huh. million dollars. I mean, he didn't get a huge contract. He's around the same type of player as Rooney, right? And and Glenn Denning's a better space space off guy. Yeah, he's one of the best face off guys in the league. What did Glenn Denning sign for? It wasn't one year, one million, or or something something along those lines. It wasn't anything. You know, um, crazy, right? So I don't know if these teams are going to be playing, the, paying their fourth line guys two, three million dollars. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to look up uh, um, what Glenn Denning makes because I think that's kind of a comparable, you know, to uh, yeah. But I, I still think that these guys are going to when you're in that role. <laughs> who is it that was forever stayed in? Uh, Tampa. Uh Paquette stayed as their fourth line center. He never went he never went to try and take a bigger contract somewhere else. Who was that? I'm sorry, I missed it. Cedric Paquette. Oh yeah. He was there for like five, six years as their as their four C. I stand corrected. Glenn Denning got a million five. So you, Rooney might I don't get, see oh. Rooney leaving over a couple of hundred grand. If if we're winning, like if we're if we're becoming a contender. And he sees like, I have my, I have my role on this team. I could see him signing. You know, would you give him a three or a four year deal at a million bucks a year? Yes, I'd give him the term. 
You might have to do that. I give him the term. I just don't know if the Rangers down the road might want to bring up one of their younger guys to fill that role. For what? If you already have someone who's who's of age, you know, he's, he reminds he's not me old. a lot of what Dominic Moore brought. Right, Rooney. Little less That's offense. What he reminds but yeah. me of. He's. I think Moore was better offensively. Yeah. Um, but Moore was a very good on faceoffs and great penalty. Um, good guy in the room. Good penalty killer. Yeah. To me, he reminds me a lot of Dominic Moore. He's twenty eight. So you're signing young. him to a four year, a three year deal. He's going to take him to thirty one, which is fine. That's that. The, this again. This boils down to like the problem is is they only have eight so or ten much. million dollars in cap space, right. and they need to fill so many spots. And it's like something. Someone has to go. They're going to have to figure out something. And I know they love Nemeth, but I mean that's almost three million dollars you no, can get I, off the books. I think Nemeth gets moved this offseason. I don't think Nemeth is on the team next year. You just said they loved him. Yeah, but they're going to have two kids that are that are going to be ready to take that spot. I think he's an insurance policy. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Nemeth we'll makes see. 2.5. Yeah. And I, I think it's an insurance policy. Well, they're going to have to move some salary. You figure they got to move who, what? At least five million. What, this, what team the out there that needs that needs a, a, a five six defenseman two years two point five million? That that's going to be too rich to take at the draft. The only thing they can do is they can package maybe package him in, from, in a bigger deal to just get salary cap space. I don't think I don't I don't even think you need to. He's a pro, like. He fills a role for – just the same way he filled a role for us. He's a Nick Holden type defenseman. Right, who's still in the league. You know, five years later, that guy's still fucking chugging along in this league. You know what? I, I gave – everyone was all over Nick Holden his I first year Holden. here. And he scored 10 – he had 10 goals. His, I mean – 27 turnovers. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> they were all over this guy, and he had a great season. He wasn't great defensively. The problem awful. was when he started playing with freaking McDonough on the top pair – well, that's not his fault. It's true. That's like Goudreau. It's not Goudreau's fault. He's playing on the first line. At first, it was a great find, and then it turned into, well, get this fucking guy out of here. Same thing with Michael Roosevelt. When Michael Roosevelt, when they first got Michael Roosevelt, he signed a one-year, $700,000 contract. Right. He turned that into a two-year, $1.8 million contract, I believe. And you were fine with it for that. Then he signs. Then he signs the big five million dollar a year contract, and you couldn't get him off the team fast enough. Michael Rosa was our best defenseman. He was our best defenseman from the year of the lockout and three four years going forward. That's why we never won. He was our best defenseman from the lockout until McDonough. He was our best defenseman, and that's why we never won. They had who else they had on those team? Marek Balik, Jason Strudwick, Paul Mara. Paul Mara, Aaron Ward for a brief point until he so, got crossed Yager. Yager. <laughs> Good time. Um, yeah, they had a lot of scrubby guys. Sanis Ozelinch for a short period God, of time. I forgot about Ozelinch. Ozelinch was a point-to-game player. San Jose, yeah. No, when he came rookie. to the Rangers, he came to the Rangers the, at the trade deadline. He was a point-to-game player for the Rangers. And you forget he was on the team the the following year. His rookie card was such a big deal in junior high school. Oh yeah, (laughs) 
His second year, 21 years old, he had 64 points, 26 goals. He's, his career numbers are really are much better than I thought. No, he was a great player. Who did he start with? He started with Anaheim or San, started oh, with San, San Jose? Jose? San Jose. And then he went to Colorado? Yes. And then he became a journeyman. Yeah. Bounced around. Yeah, he had 14 points in 19 games for us the first year he came here. Yep. And what did he have the next year? Two Three assists points. in like six games? 21 games. He played 21 he played games, more. Huh? He played more games the second year with less points. And then he yeah. and then he finishes up in San Jose with 16 points in 39 games. Go figure. And the other guy the Rangers had that, that they got rid of that offseason, well, they, they didn't re-sign him, who's a free agent, was Peter Sikora. And he went on to have a pretty yeah. nice career. I after loved that. when we got him. And he filled he filled the role too, man. Do you remember the the guy the the, the prospect they traded for him? No. Maxim Kondrachev. Yeah, I remember him. Defenseman. He was the he was the guy they traded. I think traded a draft pick and Maxim Kondrachev. Maxim Kondrachev was part of the Leach trade. He was um it was him, Yorko Eminen, and uh, a first round pick for mm-hmm. Leach. So yeah, Maxim Kondrachev was uh I actually have a I saw him play with Tootin. They were very good friends in Hartford. They played together a lot down there. Tootin was another defenseman we had. He was probably he was probably he was supposed to be our best defenseman, Who, and Tootin? he kind of fell off a cliff. Who? Fedor Tutin. Well, they traded him for Zhirtov. And that was another one of Sanders so Houdiniacs. He got rid of Christian Backman's contract, too. Yeah. Oh, I remember, remember that? I remember it was such a big deal when we got Backman. Well, he was buddies with Lundqvist. It was like this whole Swedish thing. Right, they had right. Freddie Schustrom. They had him. It was a big to-do. Add Christian Backman. Christian ba- will you will you stand and applaud Christian Backman at Henrik Lundqvist night? Of course. <laughs> so my old section, my, where I used to have my well, I had my seats where the old section was before right. they redid the garden. You had a lot of characters. We used to have such a great time that it's not the same anymore. It's it's still a fun experience to go to a game, but it's just not the same because the same people just aren't there all the time. Yeah. So the Rangers got Christian Backman. So. Um, you know, he wasn't really known for jumping into the play <laughs> and he jumped into the play, went like coast, a coast to coast thing. So a guy behind me screams, where are you going, Wally? <laughs> and he roofs it top shelf and we oh. got just the whole, the whole section started like dying laughing. And obviously if everyone doesn't know for our young listeners, Wally Backman was a second, played second base yeah, for the Mets. Second base for the Mets. Where are you going, Wally? And he goes, top cheese. I forgot who it was against, but I'm like, it was hilarious. It was, it's still, my buddy Brian, we talk, we still talk about it to this day. He just like, he's like, he wasn't known for that. And he just like jumped up in the play and went coast to coast. And it was incredible. I got a guy who sits behind, who sits in the row behind me that just destroys the visiting goalie. The drunker he gets by the third period, he, it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. He calls him a barrel ass. Well, it doesn't matter what what, uh, what goalie is there. That they were going nuts on Primo last night. He said, "Winds up." Bruce, it, guy's name is Bruce Weston. He's in a lot of the a lot of the uh, Facebook groups. Has a uh, like Raleigh Fingers mustache. This guy. Wait his his name is Bruce Weston. Yeah. So it's almost like a combination of Bruce Wayne and Adam West, who both played Batman. That's 
That's a it's pretty bad, uh, right? impressive bad. name combination with, right there with the uh, with the Raleigh fingers uh, with the Raleigh fingers mustache. Oh, does he have that? Yeah. You know, I, I love that. You know, I always said that the Garden is too easy of a venue for other teams to come in and play. Yeah. You know, I remember Boost Brudrow years ago. That freaking Porky Pig made a comment about uh, the Garden being quiet and you know, can you hear us chant and all that other right, stuff. Right, right. Um, so I, I love that. Because we have we have some we have an old bag that sits up by us and she and you scream you curse oh watch your mouth yeah. you know and then oh. you feel like an ass because if you yell right. back at her you look you simply look like a jerk because you're yelling back at an old lady but then you also right. just got you just got your, your 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 ass handed to you by an old lady too but like it's like you know they just sit on their hands and they don't they don't cheat yeah. they don't do anything it's it's terrible sometimes it's a lot of tourists too which I'm sure doesn't help. But I like that. I, I, I like. I, listen, I, I would love for, for a guy in my section to be on players all game. Oh, it's unreal. There was an old. There was used to be an old guy in my section. Man, he used to wear the ugly. He had like Bill Cosby like ugly sweaters. And he, we used to call him <laughs> sweater. Um, old guy, and he. Uh, you, you remember when? I, so I don't know if you know where my section I used to be in. Used to have all the reporters used to sit in the in the section below me. Okay. Oh yeah. So it'd be like Brian corner, Murray. Right? Brian Murray, Brian Burke, Joey Mullen, you know, everyone. And he he he'd see this guy, he'd see like Brian Burke, he'd go down, they scream over the thing at him, he yell at him. <laughs> it was hilarious. I said, how this guy never got a heart attack right. is beyond me. But he used to scream at Brian Murray and Brian Burke the most. He'd see so them, funny. he'd just start screaming with them over the top. But like, you don't have those characters anymore. They just they price those type of people out of out of the building. Yeah. And that, that's where we stand at this point. It's a shame. That's, that's what I love about my section. It's it's it, it's low. I have awesome view. And it, no, you do have a nice view. That bad price. No, you have a nice view. You have a good spot where your seats are. They're really not that bad. Yeah. Like what the section in, the the row in front of me say eighty dollars more than than my seat. That's incredible. To move up one row. I'm gonna need you to take some pictures for me for Henrik Lundqvist night from the rafters because I'm because that stupid Chase Bridge. Uh, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not gonna see the jersey go all the way up. I'll also so. let you know if uh, someone's a no show. <laughs> but I'll do no seriously because you know that there's gonna be people in my section in the 100. Dude, I'm telling you right now that game is if, if there's empty seats for that game, then people are fucking for retarded. the ceremony. There's gonna be people who don't show up for the ceremony because it'll be too early. They don't get out of work in time. You think so? Yeah. I don't know, dude. I mean, if you have tickets for that game, what's the point? Do you want the to go to the ninety-four game? The building was half empty for the ninety-four reunion. Well, that's because people, people, half the people in the building probably weren't born in ninety-four. Dude, I mean, that's where we stand at this point. I mean, just sit back and think about it. We just said that their cup run in fourteen was t- eight years ago. It's true. I mean, <laughs> that's true. incredible. I mean, it is. It, think about it. It is incredible. Yeah. That it's eight years rem- we're eight years removed from that already. Twenty eight from the cup. <laughs> we're, heading, we're heading back, man. We're heading back that way. Did you? Oh, before before I forget, did you hear what Kevin Lowe said as an induction speech? No. Okay, so Kevin Lowe got inducted into the Hall of Fame for everyone who doesn't know. So he goes, I just want to thank um, Neil Smith for bringing you know me and you know the seven other players, seven us, the seven of us. Right. From Edmonton to help, you know, the Rangers win the, uh, you know, win the cup. He goes, maybe Toronto should bring us back. <laughs> he said that in the induction speech, and the place was roaring. It was hilarious. That's a troll so, job right there. That's nice, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's no owner. You know, I never thought about they had seven guys from that Oiler team, from those Oiler teams. Oh, on that's there. all I ever heard about in school. That, 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 that we were the seven? New York Oilers. All right, you had. All right, you had. Buka you had Lowe, you had Messier. Buka Boom and Graves. Graves was he really a big part of that? Warner Cup? Those Cup teams. Warner Cup in '90. I know, but then and then you know, Buka Boom was he really yeah. a big part of those teams? It was Tikkanen. Let's be fair. It was Tikkanen, Anderson, Lowe, and and Messier. Right. Those were the four guys. And, and I'm trying to think of the other three were. It was McTavish. Oh, McTavish. Yeah. McTavish and then Graves and Bookaboom. Yep. I'll say I, ne- I never thought of Adam Graves as, a, as an oil. Well, he became a star here. It's like Avery being a Red Wing. You know, he became a star with the Rangers, but he started off with the Red Wings in L.A. In the, before coming here. When you So when you, when you think of Gretzky, you think of him strictly as an oiler? Yes. Uh, okay. No, because it, my lifetime he was – He was a king. king. Yeah. Right. Like I knew of Gretzky. Like when Sorry, I first so got introduced, now. when I first got introduced to hockey, it was really before I like watched it. You know what I mean? Like it's like I knew of it and I knew of the players. So it's like I knew of the Oilers, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I never once watched Gretzky play for the Oilers. I watched him play for the Kings. Right. And then they had that. Do you what remember that you, fucking now, cartoon? Pro Stars. Oh yeah, with Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson and, Michael uh, Jordan, yes, and of Gretzky. Of course. Yeah. So that was a huge thing, especially for our age group. Yeah. And then, you know, that was, you know, him him being a king was really how I knew him. What about, what would you say, now do you think of Yager as a penguin? Yeah. See, he's played for so many teams. Yeah, he's like, played it's for the almost penguins like, for over a decade. No, was he, did he play 10 years there? He's played the second most games for us in his career, like out of any team. And isn't it crazy that all they all he needed to do was win the win the Hart Trophy? He, they would have had him for another year at half salary retained. Did you, ever, did you know that? If he won the Hart Trophy the first year, so year? so the when the rain yes. So when Yaga was up, when Yaga was up for the Hart Trophy, who went? I guess it went to Joe Thornton Joe or Thornton. Chichu, whoever no. it went to. Yeah, Thornton. And Thornton himself said he shouldn't have won it. Scumbag. Um. If Yager had won the Hart Trophy, he had a clause in his contract, an option year, that automatically Vested. kicked in for $10 million. And remember, Washington was picking up half his money. Right. So they would have, the Rangers had him. The Rangers kind of circumvented the cap if you want to be, be – they want to be uh, – Before the cap Because they had started. him at $5 million then. Right. And he was, meanwhile, he was making $10 million. Right. But uh, anyway, long story short, he doesn't get it. And then you know he winds up leaving and going back to Russia. But they might have had – Yager for one more year had he won the heart. They would have had Yager for one more year had he won the heart trophy. So you listen, you never know. Maybe he maybe he winds up staying here after that. Right. But never I guess know. we'll never know. But um there's just certain plays like would you say like towards him towards the end of this career, how many teams did he play for? Yager. Everybody. <laughs> I know. It just started it started he turned into Paul Coffey. Yeah. Essentially. And That's what playing. he turned into at the end of his career. How crazy will it be if he plays for the Czech Republic in the Olympics at 50? He's going to be 50. Yeah, I, I heard, though, he does I heard he wants to retire, but he can't. Yeah, but the Olympics is the Olympics. I know. I mean, that's a different story, but I'm just saying, I heard he's he they wants to hang him up, but he can't. Time, four years ago, they were, or five years ago, whenever the last uh, Olympics was that the uh, NHL went to. Or eight years ago. He played in that? Yeah. 
He was still in the he was still in the NHL. He was with Florida or the Devils. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you, do you find that they're not you're not getting the check the check players that you used not to? Not like we used to. Not like we did. 20 I mean, Nedved, Halavich, you know, Dvorak, Martin Ruchinsky, what the, Marty Straka. What the Czech Republic was is what Sweden is now. Like right now, Sweden is just you know, and they're Finland. just sending guys here left and right. Finland has a lot of guys here now. Germany is the next one. Yeah, I'll tell you, I what that Tim Stutzler man, he is going to be good. Still only has he one is going to be year. good. Mark Kako, my Kako words, Kako is- he's going to be the best. And I'm, I'm saying this as a Ranger fan, Kako he is going to be the best player out of that draft. Mark my words, Kapo Kako he's going to be the best player out of that draft. Stutzler. What? Kako has more goals this year than Stutzler. Does he really? Stutzler just scored his first goal the other day. Did he really? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm that's. I don't know. I watch him play. How, how that's the case? That's incredible. Bertine. He's played really. We got. We have to give him credit. Kako has been the best player on the ice two games in a row. Forget even just yeah. the goal. He's just he's yeah, he needs to work on his one timer. But he had a couple of prime spots where he flubbed. Yeah. But listen, it'll come. It'll come. Right. It'll but come. Just, you're seeing sixty minutes of battle, defensive zone, neutral zone, getting getting in deep, playing yeah. the bot. You can't. You can't knock him down. For all the times you see Filipino look like Bambi on ice, you never oh, see Kako get knocked down. That is a great example. Um, Heedle, Heedle's just he just he's so fast. He's, he's fa- so fast. He's got to he's got to start finishing. I mean, I've I've all the players. So in the, so he's been here five years. I could probably name four or five times off the top of my head without even thinking about it mm-hmm. of goals he should have scored and that he just got blatantly robbed on. Now, is that just a coincidence or is it just he's just not bearing down? I think it's a strength thing. I think as he continues to get stronger, it, it, he'll be able to finish. Still okay. a baby, dude. He just turned 22. Okay. Still a baby. Dude, I was under 200 pounds when I was 22. Probably, probably was too. <laughs> I probably was too. So what's, uh, what's your prediction for tomorrow night? Overtime we'll loss. Overtime, Overtime loss. loss tomorrow night? Yeah. We get a point out of tomorrow night, I'm happy. I, okay. I will. I will. I would sign up right now to, to take a point in Toronto. Yeah, especially the fact that they haven't played great teams the last three games. I, I, they're going to play a really good team. I can definitely see a lot. Make, take notice of how they come out because that's to me, that's, that's going to be the big indicator of what this team is all about because if they're not up – for this game, like they have to be going in there with a ton of confidence. They're playing really well. You know, they're swinging a big, di- swinging a big dick in the, in the standings. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're ahead of Toronto in the standings. So, yeah, they better be going out there with a lot of confidence. Take it to them. Don't sit back and say, Oh shit, this is the Maple Leafs. They are Look over there. There's Matthews. Forget that. Right. We're, we're higher than them in the standings. We beat them already in their house. Go take care of business. It's weird that they're playing them twice in Toronto already. Yeah. It's kind of weird, no? So the whole schedule's been kind of crazy anyway. Good to get it out of the way. And then we only have them. So it just sucks that they're the one, you know. We don't play every team in the Atlantic three times, do we? There's only a few. I think it's like four four teams. I think we I have to look at that. I don't know. Everyone else I don't, twice. I don't know the breakdowns, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works. Let's see. But it sucks that it's them that we play. Uh, 
Have we <laughs> get to play three times? Two on the road. Oh well. All right. So yeah, we'll wrap this up. But yeah, no, we expect to uh, come out of the next. Oh, so what we have before the next show is just Toronto and Buffalo. Buffalo. And we'll either do a show on Tuesday night or Thursday. Oh, no, no, Thursday is uh, Thanksgiving. So we'll do Tuesday night. Tuesday night. We'll probably be back Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we just got two games. So hopefully we come out of this with uh, three points. I'll be happy. Three points. You're saying saying one and one? one, one? Oh, just two games. Yeah, so one one, one, one. Sorry. My bad. bad. Yeah, one oh and one. You have have to beat Buffalo on Sunday. No excuses. That you cannot have a hundred percent, Sean. Especially the fact that they're not playing Ottawa now on Saturday. They're gonna have right one. They're gonna have what three days off? Two days off in between? Two days off in between. Yep. That has to be a win, right? And I know Buffalo gives them a hard time for whatever reason. They've got to win that freaking game. Right. They would have had a little bit of an excuse if they had played Ottawa the day before. You know, in Ottawa Saturday night, come home. You know, the next day and having to play Buffalo. No excuse now. Win. Yep. Win. That's yeah. it. So that's it. All right, guys. We'll see you all uh, Tuesday. And let's go, Rangers. Rock. Have Later. a good one, man. You too. Later.